Welcome to The Abundance Mentality, 20-minute snippets to improve your health, wealth, spirituality, and relationships. I'm Zach. And I'm Maria. All right, so today we're going to be looking at a couple of books, with the main focus being on looking at and potentially breaking societal norms, or more, more specifically, living life according to your values, not according to the sort of spoken and unspoken rules that society, religion, parents, and all of that sort of stuff put upon us. Yes. So the books that we're going to draw from, and we're going to sort of deviate from the core message of the book and sort of swing it down this path, is The Ethical Slut and Sex at Dawn. Now, those two books, their, their main thrust is looking at the idea of, is monogamy the default accepted societal-based uh, historical evolutionary norm, or are there other options? Yeah, yeah. And both books approach them in different ways, but the basic the, their basic argument is that it's like, hey, that works for some people, but it doesn't work for other people. Yeah. Now, we've both read these books and we've both thought about it, but I want to really drive down upon this from all aspects of life. How can we look at the different paths like work, relationships, hobbies, everything, and go, well, this is what society says, but is that necessarily the best for me? Yeah, good. Good idea. Yeah. So we can approach this from, from any topics and f- feel free to jump in, but yeah. um, I want to I start with, for example, work. Okay. Now, societally, there's this expectation you do the nine to five, uh, full time mm. job for a sp- for a specific person. Obviously, societal norms change, right? So, depending on where you are, how old you are, your norms will be different to our norms, right? But that's what I was told growing up. You go to uni, you get your job, you work for a place, you you know, do the nine to five, and, and you that's... retire when you're sixty five. <laughs> yeah, and that's just what it is. Whereas the reality of work life is it's changing from that. Yeah, but I found personally that I've had to step back and look at myself and go, well, what works for work for me? Yeah, like with your personality and values and everything like that. My personality, my mental state, mm. what I'm good at, the jobs that are available, right? Yeah. So so I call it like the polyamory of, of working. Yeah, yeah. So, so for, for, for just as a couple of definitions of terms, polyamory would be being... Like, it's anything other than a monogamous single relationship, yeah. dating multiple people, that sort of stuff. But you can apply that logic to work. Yeah, Why absolutely. do you need to have one job? So for me personally, I do the online stuff, the writing. I do disability support work. I've done a bunch of teaching in schools or martial arts gyms. And it's just sort of like, well, let's do, let's work with what works. Yeah, absolutely. And some people do like the nine to five, the ones that like to get out and have the routine, but it's not everybody. And you almost have to... You have to almost challenge yourself and say, well, where did this idea come from in my head? And sometimes it's it's a few comments your mum made or a few comments your teachers made or things like that. Or just a general example. You see everyone doing a certain thing. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah. But the thing is, like, if you actually say to someone, I'm doing something different, that person will usually be like, okay, cool. So it's like the individuals don't mind what you do, but you've got this idea in your head of a consensus. Yes, I, I found that so much that there's this sort of, society expects us to do this yeah. right well does who who, who is that society yeah where and, are those rules so general and the other thing i was thinking this today right 10 percent of people are gay 10 percent have asperger's syndrome 10 percent do this this and that 10 percent do this this and that you're going to fit into some kind of minority exactly and you can't avoid them all and if you just try to put yourself in a box where you avoid all weirdness yep then like it just isn't going to work. It's 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 sort of these these two books and go look thinking down that sort of relationship based 
sort of approach really opened me up to applying it to absolutely everything. Yeah. And, and work's the prime example. I used to be a full-time high school teacher and I was talking to my boss today about this actually. And I was saying like, I can do three days a week forever. Yeah. However, when I was doing five days a week at the school, I was taking all of my sick leave and I was losing money from taking unpaid sick leave. Yeah, absolutely. Not, for no reason other than for whatever reason, I couldn't do it. Yeah, your brain just was not my made for that. My brain just couldn't do no, it. It just okay. didn't work for me. Yeah. You know, and she, she gets it. You get it. Every, yeah. Everyone gets well, it. Well, I really relate to that Ex- as well. And now that I've, after I had a baby, I realized, hang on, I could work from home. I've never before considered working from home. But then once you have a year off because you've had a baby, you don't want to go back. Some mums can't wait to get back. But for me, it opened up this whole thing of working from home. And and maybe had you have realised this prior, because like so yeah, let's maybe just... I'd done I would have done it ten years ago. So so let's let's backtrack it a yeah. bit for your story. You went through uni to study myotherapy, which is is sort of sort of like physiotherapy yeah. and massage. Yeah. And you were working for a few people, and then just before our son was conceived. We decided to start up a, a business. Yeah, because you wanted to go out on your own. <laughs> go yeah. out on our own, try it out and stuff. And then the baby came and the business subsequently failed. Um, yeah, it moved on. Moved on I only moved because on. it's hard to, you know. You can't do both, yeah. yeah. Some people can. No, I mean, I can't do both. Yeah, we, we yeah. couldn't. And also it was, I my timing was really bad. Poor timing. Yeah. However, how hard would it have been for you to consider prior to having our baby, prior to doing your own business, I'm going to drop my uni training because you don't do my therapy at no. all anymore. <laughs> Maria now works as effectively a chef, like a like meal a prep. Meal, yeah. meal prep chef, right? What's the chances that you would have leaned into that and actively pursued that back then? Never, never in a million years, because I had this idea in my head that I had to go out of the home to find work. That's what work is. Yeah. So whenever I needed work, I'd be like, okay. What employable skills do I have? And I would write those down and write a resume around them. And then I would go and look for work. And then and then if the boss hired me, then you kneel down in front of the boss every day, which is fine if that's what you want to do and you have a good relationship with your boss. Well, some people don't want the responsibility of working for themselves. Yeah. And that's fair enough. And I kind of maybe thought I wouldn't, but I'm actually really liking it. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm worried that this podcast will come across as like, you know, think about things and do things differently. Yeah, it's which, so stupid. That's which, not what we mean. <laughs> well, we do in a sense, but but take it to the extreme, right? Yeah. So, like, let, let's just talk, like, relationships for a second, right? You, you've had in the past, and I've had in the past, that if we were to speak to a member of the opposite gender... After being married. After being married, yeah. it's like, hang it's on, are we, are we allowed? Is yeah. that is that cheating? Is this... Uh, we both don't feel that way. Yeah. No one's told us that way, but it's just, that was this ingrained rule. It just goes on, like, like when I got married, I... To me, uh, by the way. To you, of course. <laughs> um, I never thought about this. You never think this is going to happen, but a lot of male friends just stopped talking to me. Mm. Not that they were trying to be mean or anything, but it was like, you're married now and I don't really know what to say to you now and, like, you're not going to come and... It's, I don't think it was conscious for them either. I just realised after a couple of years, like, oh, hang on, I don't talk to those people anymore. And and little things, you go to a restaurant, like I would go to a restaurant after being married and I would feel really embarrassed if the waiter was male and attractive. Mm. And I would just feel embarrassed because what right do I have being married and talking to a, um, 
um, Someone young you find man attractive. that happens to be attractive. Whether or not I'm attracted to him, God forbid I would be attracted to him. Because if I had any thought that he was attractive, then I would be upset. And like you've got, actually upset. You've got all of this. And this and by the way, like so so we're talking about relationships now, but you apply this to everything. Yeah. So so and, and I fully I fully feel that. It's like I'll I'll check out someone, I'm like, man, she's hot. Should Hang on. Am now? I allowed to feel that she's hot? I'm well, turned also, on by like, this. Mm. What about thoughts in your head? What about mm. sexual fantasies? Am I allowed to fantasize about someone that is not my husband of ten years? So <laughs> is that okay? So <laughs> So so all of these questions, right? Yeah. Is is porn cheating? Is yeah. kissing cheating? Is having sex with someone cheating? Is what what level? You know, is going to a romantic dinner with someone cheating? Right? What what is it for you? And and it's the same thing. What is it with work? What what makes you a good parent? What makes you a good? Or what should you do as a daughter to your parents who live overseas? How how yeah. should you live? Right? None of these questions have defined answers, no. and that's not what you'll discover in the books, and not what I want to project here. And I think what you agree yeah. as well. It's up for you to decide personally where your line is. And if it's a relationship-based yeah. thing, to discuss. That's right. And then the open communication. So if I've got a male friend and I want to go have, have lunch or dinner with a male friend and you're not coming, as in you being my husband, mm. not coming, are you actually comfortable with that? And yes, the answer is you are. So I don't need to feel guilty. Mm. But there is this inherent We had to shame. have the conversation about it. We did have to have the conversation on the open communication. But the other thing I just want to say on that, like back to work as an example mm. When you were working full-time, mm. you had mental health concerns. Mm. But the answer in the end turned out to be, oh, if I just work three days a week but have a higher-paying job, that actually if I possible. feel happy. You know, yeah, <laughs> but possible. as yeah. an example. 100%. Or if I work two, two jobs well, well, I found less two, pressure. Yeah, I found two jobs, like before I got the current job, that allows me to work less, less hours because thankfully it is more pay. I realized that two different jobs, mm. I could maintain that mental state wise. Yeah, so you're you're actually not experiencing those mental health like mm. depressive concerns as much. But the, the the general voice of society in your head would have been like, well, we've got to deal with those concerns so that you can work full time. And Ex- that's it. And that's and that was my that was my approach initially. Yeah. I think I think this is the other thing, like with the relationship stuff, right? There's this sort of societal expectation. I think you've told me about this before. It's like the dream is is like you there's all of these thought things of like you find a partner, you go through this, da da da, you get married and then there's no advice. Yeah. There's nothing. What, it's what just happens like, to Cinderella after she gets married? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I guess they're just, what, happily ever after? What what does that actually mean and look like? Yeah. And your happily ever after will be different from our happily ever after, which will be different from other people. Mm. But I think it's about questioning and looking at yourself and going, well, what, what do I value? What do I actually want? And it might be different from society. Yeah. Now, we both, <laughs> we both moved out of home quite young. Yeah. Right? And your parents moved literally to the other side of the globe. I just moved out, yeah. but we've got this independent streak. And yeah. I think part of the reason for me is like, you know, there's a history of um, trauma and neglect and other issues, but it was basically because it's like, I didn't like what was happening. I want, yeah. I thought that's like, well, something's not good. This is sort of what was happening. And I wanted to make that change. And I thought I could do a better job of it. Yeah. Now being so young, it wasn't as easy and it's quite a naive thing to just, yeah, you know, same here. Yeah. It's but hard. it's hard to actually do the good job of it, but you want to try. It's hard work. Yeah. But the first step involves recognizing, I think, that you're not necessarily content or happy. They're not the right words. It's like, I like a value-based approach. It's yeah. like, what do you value? I put a picture up on social media recently of my crappy car. Yeah. yeah now, my cool. car is like a 
2008, no, 2001. 2001, 2001. Yeah, it's got right. like two, at least two dints. It's <laughs> literally, it's a piece of crap. It works super well though. But it works, right? <laughs> and so I took a picture of that and I said, I drive this car so I can own this home gym. And my home gym is like decked out. It's like the best thing ever, right? Yeah. Because that's what I value. But if I went, and this is the more cliche thing, if I went down the societal expectation, you know, you get that car and you're like, yeah, I've got a cool car. Yeah. If I got that car, I now wouldn't have the money to afford the gym. And you would actually be upset. Of course. Well, yeah. You wouldn't be happy with your car. You wouldn't be like, at least I have this car. You would actually be unhappy. Well, I might not realize. Yeah. It's, it's, it might, I might just be like, oh, I just don't have the money to get the home gym. Yeah. Right. But now I, I, I've driven good cars and don't get me wrong. If someone was to give me a good car, great. I would accept it. Yeah. But I'd probably sell it for a less <laughs> shit good car and buy some <laughs> buy more gym, some equipment. gym equipment. Yeah. I, 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 I let, let's, let's sort of like apply this same thing yeah. to, for example, parenting. Okay. Right? Now, what I discovered when I become a parent is that everyone's a parenting expert. Yeah, and they all have different opinions. Yeah, and of course. So, <laughs> so one of my philosophies that you sort of push back upon a bit is that if our son can do something, I'll make him do it. In the sense of if he can pull his underpants up all by himself, yeah. he's doing that. Yeah. When he learns to tie his shoes, the first time he shows me he can tie his shoes, he's doing that. Forever so, now. Forever like, now. you won't then go back Hell and no. do it for him. If, yeah. if, if it's like this approach of like, if I'm helping him, I'm hurting him. In the sense that... Yeah. Obviously, that's extreme, but it's like, over the long-term life approach, if he can do it all for himself, great. Yeah, absolutely. However. <laughs> well, however, so I've got, I've got, I I guess, two sides to that. One is 100% you don't want to do something for him that he can do for himself because you see the children that, like, a parent will say, well, you need to study, so I'm going to do all your cooking, all your washing, everything, everything, everything. Then you, you end up with a 20-year-old man. Who, who's never washed his own sock before and done his own dishes. And and then what if what if the parents die? Yeah. That young man goes you into a, a depressive spiral and, mm. and gets on drugs. Like, I've seen that ha- Like, you know. Anyway, so yes, for sure, but, I want him to do it himself. However, he needs someone in his corner. He needs a soft lap to sit on. And, and you know, that's going to be me because I'm his mum. Of course. And that's okay. And he knows. But, but once, once again, this isn't... This isn't... This isn't us saying, like, hey, parent your child this way. No, of course not. It's more that it was about us stepping back and going, well, how do we actually want to parent? And comparing that to the societal expectations. Parents do this. Yeah. And, like, so so a perfect example, actually, is Santa Claus and the, the, yeah. the whole, that whole thing. I think this is a better example. It's a good example. Because I looked at that and I'm like, okay, I'm not that, I'm not overtly religious, right? Mm. In the sense of it's like I'll, I'm, I was born into, you know, nominally Christian, um, but, uh, christened Orthodox, but I don't practice. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of Santa Claus in the sense that it's this rando guy just sort of looking at you for the whole year and shaking. T- it just seems Yeah, odd. but they've taken the religion out of it. The modern, Not, the modern stuff now is this like weird guy that comes in, in like literally house invades your house. <laughs> I don't know. I've keep got, going, keep going. No, keep I've going. got a few issues. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Okay. So he's really fat, but he fits down the chimney, but he literally house invades your house and eats your food. But he leaves toys for the children. Like, it's creepy, guys. Like, it's creepy. (laughs) And also, also, obviously, the Santa seems to favour richer kids. Because the richer kids get better toys than the poor kids. And he spies on you all year? So, so we we looked at all of this and, like, sort of stepped back from it. And, like, yeah, Santa's great. But rather than just jumping on board and doing the Santa thing against what we actually value, we're now saying, what's, what's what's the sort of language that we're leaning towards? Well, I like the whole... It's a story that people tell each other and Christmas is about 
giving gifts and love to each other. And, like, obviously, like, I've got a Christian upbringing. I've got a little bit of spirituality and Christian stuff going on in my head as well. So then I'll say some of it's about Jesus and, you know, I want him to know that story, but then also how it's about giving, having a big party with all your friends and family where you give each other presents and Mm. love. But then there's also this story of Santa Claus. Mm. Um, And then I might just... Obviously, Let as he gets older, work we'll... that out. Yeah, I mean, I might book buy a picture book that sort of explains it in those terms or something like that. But the thing is that I feel uneasy lying to him, and that's a, a deeper mm. value. You know, they talk about values, and there's yes. deeper values. So one, like the more superficial value is, I don't want to pretend about Santa Claus. But then the deeper value is that I value honesty, and mm. I don't want to lie to my very very smart little child. <laughs> Who asks why, why, why questions about everything and yeah. how does this work, yeah. how does that work? Here, here's how the natural world works with science, but also magic. But also Santa Claus is staring at you all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I just don't feel comfortable. And so that goes against my values as well. So, so, so once again, because we're, we're, we're coming up to 17 yeah. minutes, so we're, we're going we're gonna to tie it up. This whole, this the, these two books, The Ethical Slut and Sex at Dawn, they, they focus quite significantly on relationships. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you're single, you're with a partner or whatever, I strongly recommend you read them in the sense that it just highlights the different options and availabilities and gives you sort of a, it sort of helps you to sort of look at different ways and pe- how people are living. It gives you some language to use Some to language describe. to use. Yeah. If you're feeling a certain way with your partner or what you would, I have an ideal partner or partners or whatever. Hmm. Check it out. Yeah. But then don't stop at the relationship. Yes. Okay? You might go, oh, I'm going to be polyamorous. Oh, I'm going to have an open relationship. Oh, I'm going to stick to monogamy. That's not the point, right? It's the fact that you've considered it. That you've looked at the options and chosen the one for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a theory of moral development called Kohlberg's theory of moral development. And basically suggests that when people are young, they start with this sort of reward and punishment. If you get rewarded, it's good. If you get punished, it's bad. Mm. Then it moves to societal-based. As in what your friendship group does, what religion, school, parents suggest. And then the final stage that the theory suggests not everyone gets to is this post-conventional. It's what do you think based on your own internal ethics. And people that are at that post-conventional stage will be willing to go against societal norms and in extremes go against the law to push what they believe. Mm -hmm. And that that leads to people sort of, you know, fighting against oppressive or what they believe to be oppressive um, regimes and all of this sort of stuff. And I'm not suggesting to go down that political path, but I'm just thinking, I'm just more suggesting that like in your life, look at the different aspects of it. Look at how, if you're a parent, how you're parenting. Look at your relationships. Look at your work. Look at your hobbies. What do you enjoy doing? You know, just very briefly, I remember that when I was growing up, I stopped enjoying going out and getting drunk. Hmm. But I had to realize that for, for a while there, I was just going along you with it. You were still going even though you're not yeah. enjoying it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like I, I don't like this. I don't like the feeling. But it required me to have this sort of internal look and go, I've got to make a change, even though my social group is doing this thing. Yeah. What do I actually want? And it's not about hurting others. You need the ethics to still be involved. Mm. So it's not about like, well, I feel like stealing from the from the shop, so I'm going to do it. It's not that kind of, I do what I want. It's, it's more about looking at all your options and in an ethical way, pursuing your own values or personality. Exactly. Yeah. So, so how about we have the take action as just consider one of those areas, relationships, hobbies, work, um, family or parenting and just consider, am I living the life that I want to be living in this regard? Mm. Just consider it and then just allow your brain to be free, just freely think, are there other options? Yeah. And just explore. You don't have to, don't have to do anything anything. other than just let your brain flow and go, okay, can I do something different? Yeah. Cheers. Okay. So this has been the the abundance mentality. It's time for us to read another book and for you to um, take some action. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.